Welcome to ZFG. I'm Krista. Hey. 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 What's up? What's up, girls? What's going on? That was your best intro yet. Hey. I think so. (laughs) You you actually nailed the hey. Yeah. That's all I got. What if it were the full name of the show? Can you do that? That's kind of tough. Can you do it? I that's it's um it's a mouthful. You know, it brings up a good point. What what is the best way to when you write an informal email to someone, what is the best way to kind of start the email? Because I'm what, like, hey is a bit weird. Yo is pretty informal. Just putting their name feels too formal. Like, well, what is I the think best? H-E, like, I do a hey. What do you do? You do, what do you do? Well, Hello. Well, it depends on where they're based. So outside the U.S., a lot of times people will start the emails I'm like sorry, they're writing just, this I just letter. Fell asleep. What? So. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Go on. Sorry. Like so, so outside so, the U.S. you can't do. No, outside escape. the U.S. they always, dear Freddie. Yeah. Dear right. you. <laughs> and so, so sometimes, but that always makes me feel weird. It's like eh, we're not like writing a formal letter here, you right? Know? It's, but so it depends on where. Um, but I guess a lot of times just be hey or hi or whatever. Gotcha. Moving on quickly, Krista. That, that was just a very riveting topic. Thanks mm. for making that the opening. <laughs> it's just that she said, hey, like I imagine someone reading my email like, being like, hey. You know it is? I'm really tired. I'm trying to like be up and positive. Everybody's tired. Cut the bullshit. Everybody's tired. No excuses. And also, we have all the lights on here. And As we always actually, do. No, you're not supposed to have the. the oh time. yeah. Crap! I wonder if that's. Ah, gonna be a, who's ah. who's got whose job is the light switch? Ah. That's yours. It's Krista. You handle the light switch, or She's not? She's a failure. <laughs> anyway, um, I want to know. Well, can you at least ask them if we should turn them off or not? And we're already going. Yeah, it's you know. That that ship has sailed. The viewers who are watching this already would, have been you, blinded. You would have to re, you'd have to you'd have to redo the intro. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> what up? What up? What? I'm only kidding. Um, but it is hot in here now. Whew, I'm gonna sweat my tears off. Um, so, on sad news, Freddie just told me something that is, I hope not true. That Tina Turner died. Correct. Yeah. But but do you believe us or did we well, did we mani- usually, did we make a graphic I usually to, don't to show you right before a word filming that the two of them said like you I don't, don't you don't believe a true word we say right. you believe all the false words we say it's a really interesting phenomenon that's, just constantly that's pretty deep been, so I don't want to go it's there been seven years of working with us yeah and. Like Can someone, I, well, well, like someone might be coming into the office and be like, yeah, he's actually a really fucking big deal, and you'd be like. Well, this guy, no, I'm like, yeah, actually, he is, like, a big fucking deal. He's, like, really important. You'll be like... Well, most people who come to our office are, are big deals. True. Well, there was the guy sitting on the table the other week, and we are like, yeah, that guy's actually a big fucking deal. I know deal. what you're thinking, viewers. Who are the two douchebags that I'm sitting next to? <laughs> who, are, who are blindingly who, lit. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Everybody's a pretty big deal coming in here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, big deal issue number one. Go for it, Krista. Default risk. Who wants to talk about it? What do you think? 
You want to know what I think? Absolutely. Absolutely the, the, not. <laughs> the, the market is hanging on every word here. <laughs> the market always hangs on every word Powell's I say. tuned in. Listen, I was nominated for an award. Mm. Let's fucking talk about that. Oh, yeah, that. we forgot to put that on I the mean, list. We have like, to talk come about it. That's, yeah. that's a pretty big one. So, yeah. All right, let's talk about this. I was fucking furious that... We went and we didn't that, win? That, that fucking Saba... Boaz Weinstein got your award. What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, I want to know that why. Guy why did that happen? Good since I don't know the London Whale and the like, probably five billion dollars and the impressive returns he puts up. Yeah, but that doesn't nothing, make you an activist, Boaz. <laughs> so who did you think if we were going to win? Who well, did you think? I knew who was going to win because as we were sitting there. Do oh, you not remember? You, we were sitting there and I was like, I was this guy's going to win. pretty lit. And Chris is like, how the fuck do you know that? I'm like, flick over to the sponsors page and you'll notice we're not there. Right. So, yeah, Saba. <laughs> oh, yes, Saba, I do remember you Sa- saying Saba that. Saba won I two of the awards. Do. Yes, that's right. So they won two of the awards. And so Boaz was up there to accept it. And, you know, he said that the activism means so much to him because what they do is they basically try to close the discounts to NAV and some of these ETFs. And then, um, but you know, the the really big, big winner that night also was um, Ken Griffin. Yes. And <laughs> so he did that, of course, all on the back of MMTLP or whatever. Yes. That, uh, know, so obviously. the award was given out and, you know, they didn't publicize this, but it was for uh, greatest number of ghost shares right. shorted. Formerly known as synthetic shares, but, <laughs> cur- you know, presently ghost shares. So it, it was like a funny thing. So why don't we? We haven't we, told well, let's, our let's provide viewers. some background yeah. to why we got invited to a award show. Well, we really don't know why. And I yeah. think it was it like who was sponsoring that? The investor. Well, it was Institutional, institutional investor. Investors. That's yeah. right. So and, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I mean I don't know. <laughs> That's all. I know. <laughs> so it was at the Mandarin Oriental, and oh yeah, the Mandarin. And so we started getting these emails, and when I say me, it was. Krista and me, and was like, Dear Krista and Carson, congratulations on being nominated to Institutional Investors Activist Hedge Fund of the Year uh, Award. And, you know, last year was like our shittiest years, our least good year. And so I thought this was a joke, also because, you know, you you were nominated. Um, But well, I confirmed with the guy that I was like, I've been like, do you, do you mean to say Freddie and Carson? He said, no. no. like, who the fuck's that? No, they didn't say that. They said that I was nominated by my peers. Yeah, so. <laughs> like so the th- secretary poll? No. So, so there were multiple <laughs> reasons to think this was a joke. <laughs> that was good. That the was typing good. pool. <laughs> Actually, no, because I can type faster than you can. So I can do a couple of things better. Don't ask me what things they are, but I know I can. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, but then then we saw the night before. I also saw that um, Spruce Point was nominated for a different category. So we were activists. They were nominated in um, event driven. Um, Most so, pages per report, I think it was. So highest page count to lowest stock impact. So so I really did want to take the piss a little bit with Ben and basically put like a package of raw spaghetti at his table. Oh yeah. 
But so right. Where did bef- you leave? Well, no, right before, right before the the uh, you know right before the event, like, I went to a I went to a D'Agostino market, and you know I tried to get the smallest, lightest package of spaghetti. So you it got actually, some rigatoni. No, no, I mean actual spaghetti. It's like not pasta, spaghetti. Yeah. Okay. Because he's spaghetti Ben, like throwing spaghetti against the wall, ah. like that. That was the charge leveled yeah. against him by. Pretty much everybody, but specifically Jehoshaphat. Spaghetti. I mean, have you ever heard people say like, "Oh, let me throw rigatoni against the wall (laughs) and see what sticks"? Right. So you You know, it's about what sticks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So anyway, I'd forgotten that spaghetti noodles are actually kind of long, and it wasn't really when I got there. There was just no like low key way to bring in the fucking spaghetti noodles, so. uh, I think I, he's saying linguine. No, it was, dude. You like spell spaghetti? Not right now. Yeah, ah. exactly. I could spell it. So, so I brought in. So I brought the spaghetti noodles there. But then I get to the you know, the door going into the ballroom, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ! I'm going to look like a fucking I want our viewers to know weirdo he's also walking around with this spaghetti. Me. Where's Freddie? Oh yeah, I wanted you I to tape this. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. I want you to tape it to your and thigh. And I'm like, <laughs> I, know, I swear <laughs> to God, I, he's not getting. Yeah, I want I'm you like, to tape it to your thigh. This is my third vodka in. Yeah. And I'm like, is he high? Meanwhile, at that point, you are fucking picking up potential LPs for us left, right, and center. Like there was that creepy dude he was talking to. I you. thought he was lovely. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what vodka does for you. Yeah. It Listen, I was in makes like the world a lot more sea palatable. of douchebags. I'm like, who can I? Like, uh. I gotta say, it is one of these things where you you recognize that a room full of finance people is a particularly socially awkward thing, where everyone's kind of like has a little bit of small talk and can like jarringly talk about like returns well, everybody's and alpha looking and stuff. at like everybody's little name tag. So yeah. I'm like, I turn mine backwards, thinking. <laughs> Ha-ha. Actually, that was the other cool thing they had. The little magnetic name yeah. tag thing. That, was that actually, is a that fucking was very game good. changer. I yeah. actually want Yeah, where well, you don't office. need to poke a hole in your... Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, Lapel. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That is a fucking game changer. So, I, so that was kind of worth it. Yeah. You know, for another... <laughs> you know, just like see the, well, the, food the, was the new nice. technology. I actually haven't been to nice. the Mandarin Oriental in quite some time, and that yeah. is a nice room. And yeah, I mean, I have no complaints. Yeah. It was fun watching a marketing person talk at someone. Oh, Ooh, yes, that, that was great. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, uh. I kind of felt, I don't know, we'll see. But did she browbeat him into a subscription? <laughs> that I honestly, I'm I doubt it. Quit. She almost brown. Like I was like, I'll, I'll write a check. I don't care. Well, then she came over and was like telling me I need to go sit next to the guy. Oh, leave the and, poor fucking guy alone. Yeah, I know. At one She's point, like, don't I went. Carson's coming over. At one point, I saw her breathing and I said to the guy, "I'm like, listen, if you write us a ten million dollar check, I'll just get him to shut the fuck up, okay? Like, <laughs> the pain can stop." And I turned to the guy next to me, who's running like you know one of the biggest corporate pension funds. We're just having a nice chat, shooting shit, and like. Hey, she's gonna come over and sit next to you too if you don't write a check. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was an uh, it was a uh, it was actually like a very well produced event. Yeah, I thought it was much more fancy and proper than I was expecting. Um, so I guess we need to sponsor next year. Like, let's sponsor. And what what categories should we win next year? 
Lifetime achievement. Well, lifetime well, achievement. That's clearly, yeah. yeah, obviously. I mean, obviously. And then, um, but I mean, you know, so I, like the easy categories, uh, maybe best credit fund. Best quant <laughs> fund as well. Quant fund. How about pension? Should we tell them we want to win the pension? Uh, We've done a great tip? job with Krista, right? We told her to sell a house in California at the right time. Um, you laughed, but I made a little you, money. You know, what are you making on your CD? Like, or five percent i mean that would have been real fucking, money in the day that's huge alpha <laughs> versus putting it in the market when you're planning to so probably we are the best pension fund managers in that room okay whatever so yeah it was good and then uh, we had the pleasure of uh, going out for a nice drink and they that's refused. where i forget what well, happened oh yeah you were like by then you were totally shit <laughs> yeah like, did you throw up at all that no. night really are you no, sure i woke up and did i actually just worked out no Mm-mm. I had to, no, I had to take a flight. You woke up and worked out. That yes. tells me you threw up. Yeah. No, I woke up. I worked out you, downstairs. No, no, no. There's, there's no way you woke up and we're like, oh, I feel good enough to work out unless yeah. you tossed your cookies somewhere. I didn't toss before. my cookies anywhere. So. You six sheets to the wind. So which... Um, I know, but for some reason, did, I swear did, to God. How did you get back to your hotel? I don't remember. <laughs> Was I on anybody's back? Did we walk back together? Do I look familiar to you? (laughs) Mm. All right. Well, anyway, fun time was had. Clearly, I had the most fun. And these two are fucking jealous. So as per usual. So um, where where are we on this thing? The the, default risk. Default risk. We're kind of slowly proceeding towards it. So... To back it up, I know probably a lot of people watching the show don't think we're a really serious hedge fund that take macro issues incredibly seriously. But once in a while, we're like, hey, there is this thing that's going to happen. We should work out if that could be really fucking bad well, for us. Well, I, I also want to say that we did figure out really what makes a macro hedge fund stand out. And that is remembering which trades you have on. <laughs> yes, that, that too. Because that can be hard, you know, when okay. you, you know, and okay. I, mean, I have to admit, you know, in the early days, we made a little bit of money by forgetting that we'd had certain risks still on. So um, <laughs> just to be clear, that was before we managed outside money. Right. That was just that was just watching. internal. That was just internal. Yes. So it 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 actually really counted. But. <laughs> um, so the U.S. Uh, may run out of money. Um, there was an interesting BAML piece out. Um, obviously, BAML are a bank that no longer do business with us, so it's amazing they've been able to limp on for as long as they have. But, but their day must be coming. Yes. Um, there was an interesting BAML piece out, and what it really boiled down to is there were a couple of pretty asymmetric trades um, one uh, that was kind of a put structure on just in equity indices, and the other one was uh, related to gold. And But it was GLD. Yeah, it was GLD, which is the equity that's the like ETF. somehow... Yeah, Supposedly backed by gold, but yeah. you know, if you but really... By the time you're going to find out... Well, that's the thing. Like if you, <laughs> if you own that because you're worried about... Because you have a confidence issue in the financial system, I'm not sure that you want to buy the ETF instead Dude, of the underlying. The guys who own the physical gold, right? Like... This is the other thing I've been thinking of, okay? There's a vault in London. There was a piece in the Financial Times. Uh, there's a vault and it's had like off the charts demand. London and UK, we don't carry guns. 
all I've got to do if I want to pull that trade off is work out where that is as a big fucking lines forming outside, like watch the people go in, see them come out with rather heavy briefcases and I know where the gold is and Wait, mug them. So you're going to go to every line in London and try to see who's That's coming exactly. out? Well, no, you can like look up the address down? of these places. It's not like a big secret as to where these gold vaults are. So what is it that you just worked out that's so profound? Well, that you don't need to own the gold. You can just mug the dudes who are all on their way out ah. with the heavy briefcases. Like that I seems to be the better I think it's a little bit more difficult than you're so, uh, saying. All right. So now that I've just you're, told you're everyone. Gonna, you're you're going to go uh, crack some skulls there and... Dude, clearly with his muscles, absolutely. Listen, I, I know you guys think Gould's about guns, but uh, this actually brings up a really important topic, okay? Football hooliganism <laughs> is fucking back, okay? Uh, so, I'm so glad to hear that. That's so, the only thing that makes soccer worthwhile. So West Ham, um, who are a London team from a... Yeah, I had to look them up. I'm like, what? I know. I know, sorry. You want to know what's going to fucking blow your mind? And I know you're not going to believe me. West Ham Stadium, the old one, Upton Park, was actually in East Ham. Yeah. <laughs> Work that out. Whoa. Yeah. So is Ham short for something or how or, it's, or it's East just Ham. an unfortunate name? I think it's just an unfortunate name. So anyway, West Ham are now in the London Olympic Stadium. It was this really smart deal they did where the UK built this big Olympic Stadium. And they're like, shit, there's no one to actually do anything in this after. And this football team are like, yeah, we could help you out. We'll buy it for like a pound because who the fuck else is going to buy it? So they are now in the third rate European Cup. This is like the one that really no one gives a shit about. And they got into the final and the team they were playing to get into the final was called AZ Alkmaar. And they're from some... AZ what? AZ Alkmaar. They're from like one of these shit places that you couldn't point to on a map. In the UK or? No, in like Eastern Europe, somewhere, oh, okay. I think. And um, what happened was after AZ Alkmaar lost, the fans, like all in like black hoodies, rushed into like the West Ham area, like mostly the bit actually where like families were sitting to, um, to like, you know, have like a good old fashioned dust up. And there's this one fan. When you say um, dust up, do you mean like beat the like, shit out like, of like, yeah, like them? Yeah, like punch babies and things yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just normal. regular football hooliganism. And there is this one fan um, called Nolsey, and he's a very famous <laughs> West Ham sort of Sorry. football hooligan Nolsey. slash fan. And he basically is like standing there, sort of like, you know, in the way of all these dudes, basic being like, come on, let's fucking have it. And this dude has got like tons of press. The club have given him a free ticket to the final. And that's all very well and great. But what is more impressive for me is that he now has his own WWE style action figure <laughs> that you can buy in shops for the low, low price of 370 pounds no on eBay. Way. How fucking cool is that action figure? Oh wait, it just went away. Football no, hooligans. So where's where's the beer in in his hands? Does he have one? No, he's just he's like he's no, like but in I the just action. saw him in like a, a how fucking cool head. is that? That's that's very cool. It's just not realistic without the you know right. Moves. So my so my thinking is I'd we've like discussed think. the world um, like World Cup of hooliganism previously, yeah. and you know we were only looking at TV rights. 
fucking merchandising. Wow. This is big time. Wow. So I'm going to put in a call to Mattel, see if we can get the exclusive uh, tie-up with them and get, like, football hooligans. Because you know that's going to encourage more participation. Like, Oh, yeah. Not like, that we would wow. really need to incentivize people beyond just show up and fight for your national team. Right. Um, but to I get mean, these, to a level these of guys, status. You know, these guys, I think, pretty happy to do that for wow. probably yeah. no real reason. True. whatsoever so anyway did i just see a bobblehead of him yeah that's yeah so he's got his own bobblehead pretty cool right wow what am i doing wrong good preparation for if the u.s well performs. i mean shit like after you win the award next year mm. then you'll have your own wwe figure also something so you could go something. off the ropes on like ken griffin and <laughs> fucking boaz drop kick his ass you suck <laughs> When you fucking die, if I Dude, like that would be some, such like, a great little collectible hedge hedge fund. Like, like we need some figures. sort of like story. That would totally. be awesome. Totally, like every sell side analyst, it's just you know basically <laughs> they're they're on their knees constantly <laughs> to the like half height of management they, of management action figures. Like the, the action figure actually like it doesn't have a knee that goes like that. It's right. Just, it's just exactly. one plastic mold. Exactly. That's an awesome idea. They come with special knee pads. Right. Exactly. Just like they're praying. And here we were. We said we weren't going to dunk on Mother Teresa. Uh, <laughs> Specifically, yeah. we said we're not going to like bring up. Mother Teresa's myriad flaws, and it just kind of segues right into that. What do you have it? to? S- yes, it does. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you have to say about that? Well, you said you were better Catholic than she ever was, so come I on, did have not at it. say that. <laughs> I did not say that. All right. So seriously, U.S. debt default. Um, it seems like, lo and behold, oh. the Republicans and the Democrats can't agree on things. Um, there's not a lot at stake. Only whether the you know, safest asset on the planet stands to no longer actually pay the people who own bonds. Um, but the I think the interesting discussion we were having around this was partly, at least I thought it was interesting, partly how there appear to be these kind of tail type trades um, linked to equity products. And what's interesting about that is if you both look at US CDS market and you look at VIX, those have actually moved. So there are people in parts of markets paying attention to this seemingly, and like dumb equity world where it's pretty much HFT guys just going against each other every day and you know morons like us who care about, and I, I try not to use the F word too much, but fundamentals, really sort of missing these large macro events. And it was something pretty similar to what we saw with COVID where things were really calm There were certain parts of the world where markets were actually in a little bit of turmoil. There was credit stress that was appearing and equity markets just didn't care. And then one day they did. Well, the credit guys, I mean, generally seem to be less inured to risk and, you know, uh, than than the equity guys. But uh, except the ones who hold Vivian bonds. Those guys are totally fucking in there to risk. Well, yeah, clearly. I mean, well, there are are exceptions. I'm talking the market. but no, we were, well, what you and I were discussing this morning and it got a little bit heated, wasn't so much the tail trades because it, when it was- said, When was this? This morning. 9 a.m. We fucking went at it hard. Yeah. Did so, you so when get you, in a fight? I knew something So, so when, you, when you sent me that email saying, oh, are you getting on the whatever call? It was because yeah. I was still 
like Fighting. debating with Freddie about it was what like to do. And Boaz going at well, it. Well, he's it was a fucking... bit of a hothead. It doesn't matter if it's eight fifteen in the morning or like whatever. What were you saying? Dude, this was okay. rigorous what, what intellectual was I debate. Okay. I was saying that going into you know June first ish because that's not a precise date as to when the U.S. you know runs out of money and and look maybe they stop paying federal salaries before they default on the bonds, but. Going into this, I wanted to take off somewhere between half and two thirds of our risk. And so we run a hedged book, right? Like, so we're, you know, short, you know, $10 of XYZ, we're long a factor basket um, against it, roughly $10. And this is the thing. So my, my view is that probably we're not going to default. Okay. Probably, you know, the political stunt. You know, everybody comes back from the brink just in time. Although one of these times, we probably go over the cliff. I mean, it's because this this strain of nihilism of you know trying to like push a democratic administration against the wall into a default. So this doesn't happen amazingly when like the Republicans control the presidency. Um, this strain of nihilism has been there since 2011. It's not going anywhere. So I can make a case that. You know, if I'm Joe Biden and I feel like I can politically hang this on, you know, Republicans or at least on the um, Tea Party MAGA caucus, that I do so and I let the and I let the default occur because you know, like I mean, it's it's probably until we actually do this, until these guys, uh, until their constituents see what a fucking horrific thing this is, it probably just keeps recurring. So I can make a case that. Maybe, you know, Biden, you know, for political reasons does, you know, does go over the cliff. That would obviously be bad for the country, but it's probably going to happen sooner or later. So getting back to my point here, um, you know, if I mean, if we go over the cliff, if there's a default on debt, um, one of the things that I was reading and nobody knows what would happen like that. That's the problem. Like the plumbing is hyper complicated. There's so much leverage in the system. I mean, the difference between now and 2008 is there's more leverage. It's just not at the banks. It's elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But the plumbing is so complicated, you don't know what breaks. But one of the articles that I read recently um, talked about Fedwire. So Fedwire is the system, the clearinghouse system that um, the federal government has set up to ensure that holders of treasuries, they get paid their, their coupon payments and their principal. And so Apparently, if they don't do something to Fedwire to prepare for default on certain bonds, then those bonds, Fedwire would automatically assume the bonds have been paid when they have not, and the bonds would fall out of the system. And so treasuries are basically the the foundation in which all this leverage in the system is built because they're pledged as collateral for loans. So if you had a situation where part of Fedwire you know, where, where Fedwire didn't recognize these bonds anymore, assuming they'd been paid off and they hadn't, then you could see portions of the treasury market freezing up. And so at that point, and again, like there are a million scenarios, right? Like this could be one way in which bad shit starts to happen, but you could see counterparties, you know, the, the prime brokers saying you know, to their clients, deleverage now. And so you could see these dislocations where, you know, shit goes just rip and maybe algos go in there and push them. I mean, who the fuck knows? But that's basically my point. We don't know. 
the probability of a default. Again, I consider it to be a minority possibility, but we don't know the probability. Don't know if there is a default, what, you know, what dominoes are going to fall, and just don't know how this plays out. So from my, you know, my view is even though you'd think that when we're trying to generate alpha from the short side, even though you'd think that'd be good for us. You know, my on a on a very short time scale, you know, like intraday time scale to maybe three days, you know, maybe guys who are short single names can get, you know, can just get fucking savage because one or two of them just go the wrong way and the and the and the hedges don't move with. I mean, it, it's just it's happen? unknowable. I mean, I, I, I so I, I bring up I bring up the you know I brought up when I was talking to Freddie. The example of Copper River. So that's, you know, an insane and jealous failed former short sellers, former fund. And so they were short a bunch of banks going into Lehman's failure. Now, the thing is, you know, you'd think like if if you, you know, if you go back in time and, you know, you're the soon to be failed former short seller and you're asking somebody at your firm, hey, what do you think? You know, should we have this much risk on? By being short financials, you know, the answer would be, you know, like, yeah, because one of them's about to fail, like Lehman, or is it going to be Merrill? Like, you know, of course we're going to do very well. But what wasn't anticipated was the SEC coming in and temporarily banning the short sales of financials. And so what happened, there was this temporary dislocation where the financials ripped. And so that's basically, you know, my understanding is, you know, and like, I could be somewhat wrong with this, but my understanding of how Copper River failed was that these ripped. And so you had this prime broker over here, Goldman, saying like post collateral now because the movements are against you. But the problem was they also had a bunch of collateral at Lehman that they couldn't access. And so Goldman blew them out. And so it's it's like those kinds of dislocations, though, that was not reasonably foreseeable on the eve of Lehman's failure, you know, so. I just, I don't know. Like, I agree that if that happened, if we went over the cliff, probably that's very good for guys like us who get generate profits from, you know, attempting to extract short alpha. But I, I don't know, man. I just don't want to be, I, I don't want to subject us to that volatility. And you, on the other hand, you were like, no, let's keep the, uh, so keep my, the risk on. Look, my view was suddenly <clears throat> neither of us have any clue on whether they reach an agreement, maybe it's 10% probability they do, maybe it's 50%, who really knows, right? Whenever, I remember that Paul Tudor Jones documentary, uh, I think it's called Traded, and he's like talking about OPEC and, you know, he, I think... Um, He'd like your sneakers, by the way, right? Because he was wearing like Converse uh, Chuck Taylors and that, or... Yeah, but these aren't Bruce Willis sneakers. That It's a great fucking documentary. Like, I think they keep trying to pull links down, um, but it's... What's the documentary called? It's called Traded or Trade or something. Like, it's a... They sort of follow around Paul Tudor Jones before anyone knew what a fucking hedge fund was. And so what's interesting is... He's sitting there and he, I think, is betting against oil. And the guy's like, well, what's the thing? And he's like looking at the charts and they're like, right, but OPEC are getting together to, you know, like they're going to discuss cutting production. He's like, I'll bet against like two guys getting in a room and actually being able to agree something. So that always kind of stuck in my head, especially with this. We're like, eh, who knows what these guys are thinking. Um, But yeah, my view was and certainly... 
we do stuff where we de-risk around events. We have no fucking idea and we're not playing macro. Well, that's kind of new. Like we did that after yeah. Silicon Valley Bank because we were worried about we were worried about action, you know, like policy action that could create dislocations and felt like we have no edge at this moment right. in time because it's beta, not alpha that we'd be subject to. Is, yes. Can you have, so let's say we go into scenario where things default and it's completely uncharted territory and there's mass deleveraging. There is a chance that something goes like very haywire um and look we've certainly seen the last couple of weeks there is probably some sort of degrossing size factor thing because arc has gone up in a straightish line uh for a couple of days and i think the early part of this week and late last week was very fucking painful for short sellers because generally short sellers are short smaller shittier companies and large caps actually perform pretty well which granted it's about six to seven companies that are keeping the majority of the index up. Um, so my view is like, yes, could you see a really sharp rally in a single name? You could. Is it something you can hedge against? Possibly. On the balance of probabilities, if you get a US default, like is this fucking cataclysmic? And do you get just enormous like puking de-risking event like we've probably never seen before? or maybe like a COVID style, just like everything all down in a straight line because all these models and quants and everything runs off <clears throat> this risk-free piece and they maybe no longer know how to price that. Yeah, my view is you probably do. So it's like trying to weigh, hey, if the, you know, if the unthinkable happens, how much am I looking at you miss the opportunity to make some money versus how much am I concerned about the unknown unknown and, and look I'll, I'll take issue with the fa uh, former failed short seller like it being unknown they talked about short selling bands okay people knew Lehman was failing there's a guy called David Einhorn who went up on fucking stage and was like this bank will yes fail. in May of 2008 Einhorn was up there talking I yeah. don't think he said this bank will fail I think he pointed out yeah that there were issues with its accounting, like the repo accounting. Um, so he got into that. I don't think anybody, he certainly didn't go up and say this bank's gonna fail. I mean, that right. that but would have been a bridge too guys, far. I mean, like, you know, it wasn't but, like- And it wasn't necessarily Lehman. It could have been Merrill. It, I mean, like anyway. that going into that weekend sure. in which Lehman failed, like it was, but a lot of people you know. pulled collateral from Lehman and Mm -hmm. A lot of hedge funds. Oh, he should he should have he should he should have pulled collateral. Yeah. Agree, like that was a huge risk management fuck up. But what I'm saying, like that's what caught I you know as I understand it, that's what caused the failure was the inability to meet the margin call because collateral was locked up at Lehman. But what caused the margin call was over concentration in financials when that ban went into effect and you had this rip. But you know, obviously, if they would have been able to stay in the, that position, those positions for a little bit longer, they would have killed it. You know, because that's when like dynastic fortunes were made by yeah. short sellers. Um, you know, the ones who were especially short financials. Um, but yeah, in any event, I you know because we're talking about something here that I think is even harder to understand how it would play out than you know Lehman's bankruptcy. Yeah, yeah I'm just of the view like, look, man, we. Our clients, you know, want us to generate alpha. 
you know, not take market risk more than we need to. And um, plus, we were already past the reporting reporting yeah, season. True. So, you know, like the things that were short, you know, like the catalysts, you know, are usually around report, you know, in, in quarterly reports. So, yeah, I don't know. I think no edge and basically significantly dial back risk for um, two to three week period. Look, on the basis we didn't come to an agreement on this yet, uh, Krista, really? you are going to yeah, decide. Yeah. You're, uh, so, who's, so what should we do? Should we, all right, here are your choices. Maintain current position sizes, decrease them, or double the position sizes. Not double. Okay. Damn it. What? I mean, you know, look, if we did and we made and we made money, your bonus would be fucking. You'd be, yeah, you'd be getting a huge Why fucking the bonus. How did you ask me that? Two X zero fucking thing. I mean, you're playing with house money on this one. You probably don't get your bonus cut, right? So you can you can upsize you your bonus if that. you give if you it give depends, the right answer. You know. If you give the right answer, you can you can upsize your bonus. So what were the other two again? <laughs> Oh, he has four novels, yeah. He has four? Okay. Yes, and like a bunch of poems. Ooh, poems. the poems. Yeah. That I the know. ones like where you have the word along the side, so it's I like, you know, like sedan. <laughs> 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 Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, but whose item was that? Well, it came up in conversation. I, I can't remember. Uh, it was it, a, it, at it lunch was... yesterday I learned about this. I didn't know he had written romance novels. Yeah, it, yeah, it might have been, it might have been him. We, yeah. Uh, were we talking about Gaddafi and how we thought he was funny? Oh, right, right. Like how, yeah, how, how Gaddafi was, yeah, particularly eccentric and, yeah. and then learns that actually Saddam had written romance novels and they were supposed to be somewhat allegories as to yeah, his, well, about his relationship with the Iraqi people. No, this was, this was some of the novels he was, he had written. These are not the romance novels. I think the other novel. I, I the fortified card. Okay, wow, a lot of uh, political. Yeah. The delayed wedding of the Iraqi hero fought in the war against Iran to a Kurdish girls. Yeah, three. Yeah, this one doesn't seem as interesting. As, yeah, it's not a page turner like. No. <laughs> so actually, I know a guy who impregnated a porn starlet whose porn name was Paige Turner. See, that surprised me that much. I was wondering where Saddam was going to fit into that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways. And you say, when you know a guy, is this you? <laughs> what is that? No, because they had the baby. Yeah. That wouldn't have been me. Um, 
No, it's a actually this. I'm not going to say his name, but this is this is an interesting guy. You can like, beep it up. No, anyway, beep. I actually I don't remember his last name. <laughs> For, first name was Kevin, <laughs> I think. So this guy, this guy had like all of these gifts from God, basically, and still manages to fuck them up at every single turn. So he he didn't didn't I don't even think he started college, right? But during the dot com bubble. He was working, um, yeah, I think he was working for like AOL and he was making like 90 something K, no college degree. I mean, this is in the late 90s, okay? Then he was 24, 25 years old. That was good money at that time. It was fucking more than I was making. Gets laid off, but you know, dot-com bubble burst. Gets picked up somewhere else and he's also making good money. So he ends up there banging his secretary or, you know, or banging somebody underneath him. Um, so he gets fired, you know, from like a job that was massively overcompensating him. That then at the same- the 90s? That was hard to do, right? Well, that would, no, this is around 2001. Um. So then he ends up, he ends up like living the fucking dream. Like somehow there's this like lesbian couple, both hot, like, but he this gets- This is true. This is true. Like so so he gets so he gets in <laughs> I mean it was 2000 2001, okay? So like before today where so you know he, okay. where they all like, you know, speak with husky voices and rail about toxic masculinity. But um so anyway, it's like lesbian couple, he gets in there so it's like a love triangle, right? So they're they're a I don't know like a, a, a triple. I don't know what it is. But every night, you know, like goes to, goes to bed with the two of them, wakes up with the two of them, like living the dream. Well, for whatever reason, this fucking moron decides that they have to kick one of the women out of the love triangle and make it a couple. So that's what they do. They I alienate her. One of the women's idea. Like, I bet you it wasn't his idea. I don't know. Whatever. But he went along with it. So it's like, look, one woman is what less. An idiot. One woman <laughs> is less good than two. I think that's we can all agree on this. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's basic math, like two is better than one. And he decided to go from two yeah. to one. And then that relationship also fell apart. And it just like, did, I don't Surprising. know. Surprising. It eventually fell it's apart. Quality. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like it used to trip him out because she used to refer to his his parts down there as like stinky meat. And I guess that actually really bothered him. So, um, I mean, all of a sudden he's sensitive. I know. And this guy, I mean, he was like, he could do accents. So he used to do this Irish accent every now and then. He would just pull ass in the bar whenever he did that. Do you know him anymore? Uh, it's been years because, well, so anyway. So like, you know, one time he, he did the Irish accent. He's like, oh, love, let me buy you a drink and, you know, whatever. Takes a chick home. He massively hung over the next morning. And he's like, oh, man, it's fucking, uh. <laughs> and she's like, oh. What, what 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 happened to your accent, huh? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, like, but that's okay. Like, the, you know, the, it wasn't going to get better than that, right. I'm sure. But anyway, so then you know he's on his own, and I mean, he goes and he meets this uh, this girl, you know, cute girl, porn starlet in a club. She's never done e before, and so um, because it's her first time, she apparently needs to do no fewer than four tabs that he bought in the club, so he doesn't even know the guy. Yeah. So she gets totally, you know, so she's spewing and vomiting everywhere. And she didn't die. No, because she lived well, long gross. enough for him to impregnate her, like on their third date. 
And um, yeah, then he, you know, it's like, all right, let's keep the baby. And what? they were, li- I swear to God, yeah, this great story. And they goes- were, li- and they were living in a fucking trailer. Last I heard, up in uh, oh, up God. in the valley. Yeah, I mean, oh, I don't want to hear stories like this. Well, no, that's no, but the whole thing I was like, is let's like, let's hang out with him. He sounds fun. And see, then this is this guy is a very bad risk manager. This is why we're cutting our positions. He makes right. some valid points. Yes. On that bombshell, someone's actually turned up. Someone has turned up. It's that time to break forth the rhythm and the rhyme. We can cut this out. We are We're so not going keeping to. at it. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like, wow, I'm so pleased you did that. We're gonna no. end, we're gonna start with that. Okay. Are we done? No. I mean, there's there's so much more awesome stuff here. Um, well, it is past the hour. But that's okay. uh, no, no, we started late though. Okay. Um, let's All see right, here. So well, okay. So let, let's just let's just let's just end on this in terms of stuff that's you know just like dislocations, things that could go massively wrong. Let's do number three there. Yes. Okay. Because I want to know about this. Okay. So go okay. those Glenn Close in the bathtub. Right. So first, for our younger viewers and Freddie, we need to reference the movie Fatal Attraction. Michael Douglas, Glenn Close. Doesn't know Fatal Attraction. Doesn't guy. know Fatal Attraction. So. Fatal Attraction. So Glenn, Glenn Close, it's like, you know, it's so anyway, towards the end of the movie where Glenn Close turns out to be a psycho, um, you know, everybody thinks that she's been drowned in the bathtub and, you know, like Michael Douglas and his wife, whom he cheated on, are you know, like hugging each other in total relief in the bathroom. And all of a sudden, Glenn Close like pops up out of the bathtub going with the knife. And, you know, then somebody shoots her. So, um, but anyway. The wife does, right? Yeah, but so maybe she wasn't. Anyway, yeah, I think the wife shoots her. Um, So anyhow, there's a shit co that you know and love. I know and love that um, is going Glenn Close in the bathtub here. And... This is Nanox, N-N-O-X, that motherfucker, that fucking scam, fake imaging bullshit company. So they put out a press release that uh, they got approval for the the uh, wanking injury uh, device, right? Because it literally is so. Well, well, this so so like okay. So the whole thing is they it's like oh we have this revolutionary imaging technology. Um, it costs a fraction of what, um, you know, like CT costs and, you know, CAT scans and it's portable. And so it's going to be great for the developing world. We've submitted an application for approval. And so like the whole thing was bullshit, right? So we successfully shorted that. It went public. It IPO'd in 2020 when basically, you know, like fucking toe fungus could IPO at, you know, multi-billion dollar valuation. It was a, a Berenberg, we were a European mid-cap German bank. When they're coming to the US to IPO shit, you know it's topic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that, so then, you know, we put out our report, like these dis- distribution agreements are bullshit. And, you know, the guy behind it is, was actually convicted in Israel of fraud back in around 2000, which was very hard to... Get convicted in Israel of fraud, especially back then. So, whole bunch of reasons. Basically, then the thing, you know, went into the toilet where it where it belongs. But they kind of, you know, they kept filing their filings. And um, anyway, so they they just got FDA clearance on something. And um, 
but nobody looked at what it's actually cleared for. So it's x-ray, it's not CT, and it's only cleared for imaging wrist, hand, and fingers. <laughs> and so like, what's the third world market for that? Like, again, like masturbation injuries, like, come on, you know? But the stock is just, you know, gone, gone fucking parabolic on this total bullshit. So um, anyway. I mean, we're not sure, by the way, we're not short this thing right now. Although, oh, there's no bar, because because it'd be worth it. They just it, it would it would be worth it. With like a Moroccan distributor or something, you just what? Yeah. Well, li likely not real. I mean, we don't we don't know. We haven't looked, but you know, like nothing with these guys yeah. was real. But I, I gotta I gotta hand it to the guys. They did a demo day. Um, oh, this was great. Published. And to be fair to the dude, now he had some real money on the line. So like, there is a question as to what I do for a couple hundred million dollars. Um, this guy used like a non-FDA approved like x-ray thing on his hand, which, you know, when the guy has hand cancer years down the line, he's going to be looking at me like, uh, was this worth it? When he can no longer jerk himself, yeah. Yeah, maybe it inflates and you lose it's, sensation in it. It's, it starts with a loss of range of motion. Yeah. And then it becomes more forearm driven and elbow. Then it's tennis elbow. Can you image that yet? No, because you wouldn't have gotten approval for that. True. So anyway, like they, these guys were prepared to go the distance, like testing some non-approved X-ray device on your hand just to yoke a stock. I have a lot of time. Was it really that. his hand? <laughs> was it his secretary's <laughs> hand? <laughs> I'm like, whose uh, hand was it? always a fucking what secretary. Are, what are you doing? That's what you're on your award for next year. I, I was thinking as you were telling me this story, I'm like, would I do this for that kind of money? I well, was like thinking, for, for like, the yeah, for the for the activist category, if you you know yeah. to win for the activist category, that's what you'll have to do. Just yeah, stick your hand you in there. Do and then it. We'll, you gotta yeah. do it. You know, you yeah. can't just for event driven. I don't know. You'll have to do something with spaghetti, but you know, that's your department. Not rigatoni, right? spaghetti. All right, so so I think that's good. That's it. We're gonna just. How do I, you, you close this off. No, you do such a good job usually. I do such a good job. I mean, after that intro, man, yeah. like you got, you're going to nail the outro. Pay us out. Hey, just, this doesn't sound right anyway. No, that's not what you say when you say goodbye. How do you say goodbye? Goodbye? <laughs> what are you talking about? Anyway, really? um, this great... Until um, next time, I don't think we're going to. Well, actually, there, there are a couple of things here that's it's important to understand. There's a possibility this is the last ever ZFG because oh, if the global yeah, financial system that. does blow up, I don't know. I I mean, don't, I'm so glad you didn't remind me of that before we started because that would have been really. Downer. Yeah. I could pay you your bonus in like shells and stuff like that. No, thanks. Um, I mean, it might be better than money. Right, well, if it is the last ever ZFG because of the internet, we'll be coming at you in three weeks' time from Starlink. <laughs> so, we'll be okay. Anyway, peace out. Bye. Bye, guys.